Welcome back to another episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast, where we're discussing the two greatest generational gifts, raising a family and leaving a legacy. If you would, please like, subscribe, and share our podcast with others so we can help educate more people. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. So, Hello, everyone. My name is Jennifer Barner, and I'm really excited to be bringing you Lighthouse Ventures podcast, where I have my first guest, Ed Mazel. Um, Ed, I want to welcome you to Lighthouse Podcasts, and it's really important for me to start giving back. It's It's been a wild ride. You have been very instrumental in my success, and I think it's really important for people to understand how they can get started in real estate. And, um, you know, sometimes people get scared and, and they just start absorbing information, but then they, they never do anything with it. So it's really important for me to help build wealth or help others build wealth and see that it's just common everyday folk like you and I that are jumping in and deciding to take action and really changing the trajectory of our own family's lives. And so I'm curious, um, you've been in real estate quite a while now, but you haven't always been in real estate. In fact, you used to be in TV production and uh, you had a great career there. So I'm curious, why did you end up going over into real estate? And um, just tell us a little bit more about you and why real estate for you? Uh, Yeah, sure. So after I got out of the Navy, uh, I got married and that was 1979 and 1980. I, you know, decided to dabble in real estate investments. I uh, read a book by Robert Allen. In fact, he's still around called uh, No Money Down. And he had like a little uh, event with a bunch of speakers. So, um, you know, I got into uh, real estate on a part-time basis. I bought a five family in 1980. And then, you know, several other properties, maybe about 20 other properties over the years for the next 35 years, as I had a career in television uh, in New York City. Uh, That was, you know, on the technical side, you know, behind the camera. And um, so one day, I guess I was sitting there and uh, now I'm, what am I, 60 years old? And I say... Uh, you know, I don't really have enough money to retire on. And um, I always wanted to do more real estate. So I decided to leave my job. I love my job, but, uh, you know, I left my job and I got full time into uh, basically house flipping, which was the craze of the day, uh, you know, from watching it on TV. And I did that for about a year and a half and the novelty, you know, quickly wore off. Um, I went from a very glamorous and rewarding job to one that uh, wasn't as fulfilling. I found myself spending most of my time at Home Depot and and such, uh, picking up supplies for my contractors. So, you know, I've been going to local RIA meetings during that time and uh, there was somebody talking about multifamily and uh, it looked interesting. It it took like about a year or so for it to, you know, settle in and uh, wrap my head around it. And I did uh, two limited partnerships with that company, like a week apart. 
And after that, right after that, writing the check on the second one on the way home, I said to my wife, um, I'm going to do this full time. That's what I did. And I had to, you know, I had to fill in the, the blanks with the educational part. I knew basic real estate, but I didn't know multifamily. So I went through like three different programs and I settled with one. And then I decided to, uh, I was pretty introverted, you know, so I really had to force myself to do a lot of things. Like uh, I just picked Atlanta. It looked like a nice central spot. I'm from New York. New York is not a very good area for multifamily. Uh, you know, it takes a long time to, uh, to process an eviction. Uh, taxes are very high. The prices are very high. Uh, and, and the population is kind of like shrinking. <clears throat> People are moving down south, the southeast, Midwest, uh, Texas. So I looked at all the areas and uh, I, I settled in on Atlanta because Atlanta looked like it was in the central part of kind of where I wanted to be. And uh, yeah, I started going down to Atlanta every four to six weeks. Uh, it took me nine months, but I found my first property down there. That's that's uh, the long and short of it. <laughs> well, you did something that most investors don't do. And um, you actually moved you and your wife into that very first property down in Atlanta that you bought. And I shared that story with my husband <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> and I've told you this before, how many wives would do that? Because Not many. It, it was Not. A, wasn't it a class C property? Yeah, yeah maybe C minus. <laughs> yeah, so for those that are just listening and plugging into real estate and don't understand class types, why don't you share what a class C and what your wife endured um, a little bit. Why don't you tell us about a Class C property? <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, Class C minus property. I called it a Class C, but now, now I tell the truth, and it was a Class C minus. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one thing I could tell you is that every morning around six thirty, seven o'clock, we would be woken up by police sirens <clears throat> coming down the road, and I just prayed that they it wasn't going to slow down and turn into my property. <laughs> I mean, we did have our fair share of police activity there. <clears throat> um, but why did we move down there? Hey, we were like excited kids in our 60s uh, to embark on this new adventure. And we were just so excited. And, you know, I've done, you know, many little endeavors over the years. Um, you know, on the sideline of my W-2 uh, that never really quite panned out for one reason or another. And I was bound and determined I was going to make a success out of this one. So um, that's why I moved down there. I wanted to ensure the success. Uh, we did a JV, so there were five partners. and But I was pretty much the one, you know, running the, the, the operation. And I just wanted to make it a success as much as possible. And we were only supposed to be there for nine months, but it turned out to be 17 months um, because we, uh, 
you know, we had to basically fire two property managers, one after six months, one after five months, and then we became the property managers for the last six months. And we sold the property in uh, 17 months in a day and everybody made out great. We basically doubled our money in 17 months. And, um, you know, a lot in part because I was there, you know, running it. And uh, it really um, set the tone and, and, you know, and got me going. And while I was there, I got into, uh, I have to think for a minute, but probably three or four other properties while I was down there. Uh, so I did make Atlanta kind of like my home base for a while. And then I started spreading out after that. Um, yeah, so you mentioned a lot of things in there that I know <laughs> our, our uh, listeners will want to know more about. And I'm kind of curious on the splits. You had five people, but obviously you and Pilar moved into this building. You're now at the last six months, you fired your property manager. You're now the property manager. Did that change the way you split the money at the end? Did you end up taking more? Did you start... Um, get paying yourself to be the property manager. Yeah, well, I mean, that part was not very lucrative for us. We did, um, I think uh, before we became the property manager, we were taking a one and a half percent asset management fee, but on a 40 unit property, you know, it's not a lot. And then we did take uh, a 4% property management fee when we were managing it. But even when we weren't the actual manager, we were kind of like still the manager, you know? So, yeah. uh, you know, that part wasn't really a moneymaker for us. It was, it was more important that the property was a success and that my, my investors made money. Uh, I, I made money too, but I also was a very active partner where the others weren't. So, um, you know, I probably didn't make uh, over that year and a half, I probably, maybe I made just as much as I did when I was a chief engineer in television. So, uh, you know, it wasn't the most lucrative thing, but it, it was a it was a good start, good foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I was starting to try to find my first apartment building, you kept telling me to go bigger, Jennifer, go bigger. You know, I don't want it. I don't want to look at anything smaller than, you know, the, the line was really hundred units and we, you and I settled at 72 doors, but there was a moment where I was bringing you 50 doors or 40 doors. And you said you, you frequently um, go back to the Atlanta deal and say that you would never do something small like that. Can you share with our audience why you wouldn't do a small deal like that? Okay. Um, you know, I um, I like the 100 unit uh, deals and bigger because you could put full-time property management there. You can have somebody on site. Now, um, would I do a smaller unit again? You know, I thought about this a lot. Um, you know, yes, I would, but a couple conditions have to exist. And that is, it has to be like a, a better class property, like a B class. Um, 
Now, I just find that people living in a B-class apartments need a little less adult supervision. <laughs> people do some crazy things at a C and C minus property that you, you could not believe. Uh, so the other thing is, is me or one of the partners uh, on a smaller property uh, needs to be close to the property. So they, uh, they could keep an eye on it as well because, um, you know, smaller properties, I feel that the property manager, uh, they're not making a lot of money on that. And uh, so they're not going to give, you know, as much attention that you're expecting because they're not making that much money, you know. Um, so that's my thought process there. Now, you know, people, I think the natural tendency <clears throat> is for people to want to start out small. And that's okay. Um, but you can also start out bigger uh, by partnering with other, you know, seasoned uh, investors, you know, uh, somebody like yourself, somebody like me, uh, somebody getting into the business. Uh, you could start out, you know, in a, in a hundred plus unit um, by either finding the deal or, or doing some other part like uh, oh, asset management, underwriting, capital raising. And, you know, you're just going to take less of a percentage in the beginning uh, because you're just learning. And, uh, you know, you're going to really be uh, tagging along with somebody who's more experienced. Now, on that 40 unit that I did that we just talked about, I was leading the way. I was the chief cook and bottle washer on that. And, um, you know, it really made me learn things because uh, there was nobody else on the team that I could look to for, you know, for, for guidance because I was the one. And so I really, it was tough, you know, uh, the next few deals I got into, I got in with somebody more experienced than me and that was a lot less stressful, you know, but I, I did, uh, you know, I don't regret doing that 40 unit. I mean, it really, <laughs> it really gave me, you know, put me on the fast track, I think. I think it did too. And I think you learned a lot more than probably even realize you're probably also a better asset manager. I mean, I know when we get on our weekly calls, when we're managing the five properties that we own together, um, you have very good questions because you've been there, you've run a property, you know exactly what's happening in those C-class buildings. And uh, you, your, your thought process and your questions are um, better because you've experienced all those things firsthand. Yeah. Uh, so that does make you a better, I mean, just overall, a better real estate investor and uh, a team player. I know we all appreciate you being on the team and <laughs> well, thank you. And the questions that you asked. So thank you for that. So, you know, if somebody, if you were looking back, we always want to say, hey, if I could go back in time, would you? do anything differently or what would you tell your younger self well uh yeah that's a good one uh if i 
if I could go back uh, and and redo it, I, I think I would uh, start off with my goals, you know, and be more purposeful with time blocking. Uh, you know, like if you have a goal for the year, you you have to make a little bit of you have to make some progress along the way. So I, I think I would really um, emphasize you know goal setting, and um, I think my whole life I I thought that I don't need a coach, I don't need nobody, I'm going to do this myself. Well, uh, now my mindset has changed on that. I, I would say that if you want to get someplace. Uh, bigger, faster, get a coach or mentor. Um, you know, somebody who's traveled that road before, somebody that, you know, whatever you think is hard to do, they think it's easy because they've done it a hundred times. Uh, so, you know, that I, I was uh, of the mentality and uh, Jake and Gino use this term. It's called the I'm a mentality. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, what, $50 to put a toilet in? I could do that in 10 minutes. Of course, it's going to take me, you know, an hour because, <laughs> you know, undoubtedly, I got to go to Home Depot for something, you know? <laughs> and then the part you bought won't fit, right? Exactly, exactly. So, um, yes, uh, mentoring, coaching. Uh, if you can't afford that, you know, for whatever, you know, you can't afford that, Put yourself in a community of like-minded people. Um, you don't want to be around negative thinking people. You want to be around positive thinking people. Uh, now, if you have some negative people in your family, well, not much you could do about that. But, uh, you know, people that uh, you want to hang around with and invest with, uh, you know, that's what I would say in there. Uh, what else would I do? Um, I, I probably would look to partner with somebody more experienced than me uh, early on, rather than forging my own path the whole way and making all the little mistakes along the way. <laughs> wow, there's so, again, so many good nuggets right there. Um, the mentoring, I agree. I always thought that, oh, if you needed a mentor, that means you you had some issues you were trying to work through in life, right? Um, or, or a coach of some sort. And I realized um, I hired a coach also through the Rich Dad program. And then along through the Lifetime Cash Flow program that Rod Cleve put together, you know, I hired a coach there too. So it, it's, it has really accelerated my career. And so it's done just the opposite of what I had anticipated. Um, you know, I always, I always thought it had a bad stigmatism to it, but I realize now that um, it's a way to fast track. It's like the fast pass at Disneyland. You get to, um, you know, just accelerate your career and get to where you never thought you could do and it, or never thought you could get in a much shorter time span. So I, I agree with you there. Um, you also mentioned, um, I know you do coaching and, um, what would you say, uh, or how could people get a hold of you if, if they're thinking about doing coaching, um, and they wanted to reach out to you, 
how how would somebody go about reaching you? And oh yeah, sure. <clears throat> well, uh, you can reach me on my website, uh, which is give me shelter. Uh, equity.com that's g-i-m-m-e uh, maybe you can see it on the logo there yeah and uh you know set up a call with me that's awesome um so i appreciate all the value you added one thing we didn't hear is how many doors do you own now um well you know uh, I, I think it's around 1300 uh, you know when you get to the point where you're you're buying and selling um, we start talking in uh, you know transactions you know but uh, I think it's around 1300 right now um, but you know as a GP which is the general partner or an active partner in the business uh, you know you could, uh, own various different percentages of these deals. So, um, you know, maybe 1300 sounds impressive or whatever, but you could own 300 units outright by yourself and, you know, have a lot more cash flow than I do. But, uh, you know, I've set it up pretty nice and, uh, um, you know, basically setting up a lifestyle for myself. I, uh, my, you know, during my working years, I had a four and a half hour commute every day. I know that's hard to believe, but I live on Long Island and to get into New York City door to door, it's about two hours and 15 minutes. And I did that for, you know, 30 years, I don't know. <laughs> and now I have about a 30 second commute and, you know, my daughter's working for me. Uh, my wife worked with me for a few years. Now she's babysitting the grandson stuff. I mean, we set uh, a very good life up for ourselves. And, you know, we set it up where we do traveling and we could we could stop down at any time unless we're maybe in the middle of a closing. Then, <laughs> then we got to be there. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a good ride. That, that's amazing. And that's what we're all trying to get to. We're all trying to get that financial freedom, that time freedom uh, that everybody talks about, but very, very few of us really get to ever experience. So um, I feel like you've hit the lottery. Would you say that as well? Yes, I would. And, and now my, my, you know, my, I got three daughters and they're starting to all get interested in the business and, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Well, I'm certainly thrilled that uh, you said yes on that very first <laughs> building. Uh, we've now done five deals together and I'm excited about the future. Um, one last question. Sure. What is your goal for the remainder of the year? I know interest rates are going crazy and everybody thinks it's doom and gloom out there. Um, what, what does your uh, crystal ball say the future holds? Yeah. yeah, well, things are definitely changing. Um, but when I got started, um, you know, interest rates got up to like almost 19%, I believe. I remember getting a, on one of my, uh, a part, uh, one of my houses, I got a 14 and 5.8% uh, adjustable mortgage. Uh, and, you know, so it really, you know, you can make money in all kinds of markets, 
uh, we have to be a lot more cautious now. Uh, you know, the last several years, uh, you could just beep up through and pretty much make money on anything. But now you got to be a little bit more careful. Uh, we're being very cautious with, uh, with um, you know, uh, bridge debt. Uh, bridge debt is an adjustable mortgage, but with interest rates going up, uh, you know, we have to underwrite the deal, uh, you know, assuming that the interest rates are going to go to seven, seven and a half, eight percent, which sounds crazy now, but, you know, it's, it's a very real possibility. Uh, so, yeah, we're just being more cautious and selective. and <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's great advice. And I think anybody that's a syndicator out there and putting deals together, they would be wise to do the same, right? So Yeah, look at a little bit longer term. Uh, you know, I would be very cautious about getting into short-term debt, you know, because it's gonna, we're gonna get out of this recession, but it may take, you know, Usually, I think they last like a year and a half, you know, but it could be six months after that coming out of it. So I believe the interest rates are going to go up seven and a half percent. I don't know exactly, but then they're going to come down a little bit. It's all cyclical. (laughs) It always is, right? Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for your time and the value you've added to my life as always, as well as our listeners. Um, And we just wish you blessings to you and your family and all that your future holds. Uh, Well, thank you very much for having me on. I I had a blast. Well, likewise, (laughs) likewise. All right, you take care and come back and join us next time on our Lighthouse Podcast Ventures. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mastering Money for Moms podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, follow, and leave a rating or review because it helps support the growth of this podcast. Also, I'd be so grateful if you would please share our podcast on Instagram and tag me at Mastering Money for Moms to help us grow our community of mothers. We'll see you on the next episode of Mastering Money for Moms.